Gone Girls Podcast. We interview the people we like and try to get to the bottom of life. The Gone Girls Podcast. The Gone Girls Podcast Show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Gone Girls Podcast. I'm Akara Martinez-Savone. I'm Shauna Lane. And today we've got Harrison Greenbaum. Greenbaum. Hello. Yay. Hi, Harrison. Hi. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for inviting us into your lovely home. Oh, my pleasure. And it is a lovely I made home. all seven roommates leave to make this seem like <laughs> this is just my apartment. It doesn't feel like seven people live in here, so good job on hiding that. Yeah. No, it's just me and my girlfriend, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> What's her name? Her name is Emily. Emily. Yeah. Shout out, Emily. Emily, we saw your tampons in the bathroom and knew (laughs) that he had a girlfriend. It was Shark Week. (laughs) Her turn for that, not mine. (laughs) Baby shark. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the only time where sharks are definitely no babies. No babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, thanks for having us over. I'm so excited to have you on. Me too. Um, I have a bajillion questions for you just personally, but did you see our email where we... Oh, yeah. And so you saw three questions that we Mm -hmm. ask. Okay. But we always like to get to know people also. And I am... You know, I asked you to do the podcast and I was like, oh, could you do some magic for us on the podcast and you were kind of like maybe which it's weird because it's a podcast because they won't can, see it you right. can't see it but we I could s- claim I'm doing amazing Ankara is floating right now <laughs> oh is, my I've god levitated I don't know her. how I am floating oh my god I just lost what? how is this happening so magical <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How did you get into magic? So I, I take it you got into magic before comedy? Yeah. Okay. I All was right. a five-year-old kid. Wow. <laughs> and uh, my dad showed me a trick. Like he, he had me, I chose a card and he like put the cards against his ear and he was like, oh, they're telling me what your card is. And I had no idea how he had done it. And so I became obsessed and I would take magic books out of the library. Um, my school library had a couple and then um. we would go to like magic stores and they really thought anytime I had a hobby, they would be very supportive. And I spoke to them recently about it. They had no idea that that would actually end up becoming like a career. <laughs> I think they were like, this will just be a fun little thing he does as a kid. Not that something he'll keep doing into his at least 30s at this point. So um, so it became like an obsession as a child and you just kept doing it? Or like you're like, oh, I had some things I did here and there. And then eventually you came back to it later. Oh, no. I, I Magic has been a love for a very long time. And then when I turned 14, my parents sent me to magic camp. Uh, which is amazing. a week-long thing that I'm coming up on my 20th year. So I, I went as a camper for a while, and then I started becoming a counselor. So this will be my 20th year in a row coming wow. up this summer. Wow. And it's amazing because like I was the only magician in my area. So you're by, by default the best magician because you're the only one. <laughs> like I'm a star. I'm like, I'm so good. <laughs> and there's a magic competition. I'm obviously going to win it because I'm the best. best. And then you show up and you're like, oh, my God, everybody is so much better. <laughs> I'm not even close. The kids were doing things that I, I didn't even know what adults like I didn't think adults could even do like it was wild like the skill level is so amazing and a lot of these kids are part of like the society of young magicians so they have all these magic friends and mentors people had famous magicians who were like their teachers and tutors and I just had like VHS tapes that I bought from the magic store and books and that that was all I had so it was really fascinating to see and be like oh my god there's a whole wide world of magic out there I had no idea about did you see the guy um, from America's Got Talent who won I think last year Maybe Shin? You. Yes. Well, Shin and I are friends. Shin and I toured Australia for almost oh three God. months together. Yeah. Do, I know wh- Shin really well. Were you doing comedy and he was doing magic or you were also doing magic? I was also doing magic. So I, I've toured with The Illusionist, which is like the biggest selling yeah. magic show 
in history at this point, wow, which is yeah. wild. It's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. I've always wanted to do their Broadway one, but I, I happen <laughs> to do. I'm happy for him. I'm sure his oh, it was great. Very proud I mean, I went too. to Kazakhstan, so it was real. Uh, <laughs> I did Illusionist Kazakhstan, which was wild. They called me up. I'm like, I'm going to do I'm gonna do Broadway. And they're like, are you available to come to Almaty and Astana? And I was like, that seems not near New York. Uh, <laughs> okay, fine. If that's um, all you have for me. Is yeah. that the tri-state area? Or yeah, is there a direct flight to this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, you're going to, to Turkey first. And then, yeah. and then you walk the last three miles. And we were on, I think it was Shat Airlines. What was it called? Shat it was some Shat oh, Scat Air- Airlines. Oh, my gosh. Which, that was it the was name of the airline. Air. I was like, oh, this is not a good sign. <laughs> uh, but we, but the illusionist started me off in Perth, Australia, which is one of the most remote cities to get to because it's on the west side of Australia. Wow. So you have to, you ha- that one you have to fly east to get to. Um, so I transferred through Abu Dhabi. Nice. I actually grew up in Dubai, which is like an hour from Abu That's Dhabi. A, I feel like a much nicer airport, yeah. though. Yeah. That's weird to have that random connection. Be like, it's I can totally big... jump in on Abu Dhabi right I can, there. I can. Yeah. <laughs> the Dubai can, airport Kazakhstan. is like the gold standard. Like it's this beautiful, yeah. like incredible thing. And Abu Dhabi is a little bit less so. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as fancy, um, but fancy. we did uh, Illusionist and then I did, they call me up to say, hey, we're going to do this thing where we try the Illusionist idea, which is seven magicians and each one is a master of their form, whatever it is, yeah. like the comedy guy, the escape guy, yeah. the sleight of hand guy. Are you the comedy guy? I'm the comedy guy. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so you make people laugh with with like comedy. Yeah. So they, that, they call that role question. like the trickster or the jokester. Like okay. everybody has like a comic book superhero name. Okay. Um, there's a poster somewhere I could dig up. In this I remember bookshelf. seeing it. I remember seeing an ad for it, and I was like, "Look at Harrison!" Yeah, the first time they 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 booked me with not enough time to get me like to a photo shoot to put in the poster, so they yeah. just put my head on top of another <laughs> magician's body. Thank you. And those Thank were on billboards so all over the city of the city of Perth in Australia. So we're like driving around. It's like my head clearly not part of my body. And then for the rest of the tours, they were they actually flew me out to Reno, which is where they do they did the photo shoots at the t- at the time. When I first saw you do comedy, it was at the comic strip and you were doing that trick. The baby trick. The baby trick. I saw you do it twice. I saw you do it at um, the comic strip and then I saw you do it at Broadway. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is fucking funny. That oh, is, and I didn't you. know, I could not figure out how the fuck you did it. <laughs> that was one of the first tricks where I, because I... I I, I always come joke forward. So it's always got to be about the comedy. Right. And the, the, basically the way I do that trick and the method that I do is very strange to any magician because it's, it's sort of my own a, a, a sort of combination of all sorts of other fundamental principles. Huh. Um, but I was closing with that and then I realized that it took, that trick was minimum four and a half minutes. It was yeah, like four and a half to five. Long trick. And so if somebody's going to give you an eight minute set on a show, I get three minutes to work on jokes and yeah. then I'm doing this, yeah. this trick. Yeah. Um, and I was getting like vocal damage because at the end of the trick, I would rant and scream at the audience. Okay. So I was doing yeah. that like six times a night <laughs> yeah, screaming no, I and that. I was like losing my voice so often. Right. So uh, I started go, I was like, all right, I need to figure out if I can close with just a joke. And yeah. so putting that away was so helpful. Oh, I forgot to set the timer. Sorry. Oh yeah, no worries. Keep, keep going. And then that trick ended up becoming the the sort of the the thing I grew my my ma- magic show out of. So the magic show that oh. I've been touring with and that I did with the Illusionists came out of that one trick. I was like, can I come up with a bunch of other tricks that have that thing where they're very much about the stand up and the comedy, they're original, uh-huh. um, and it's that rhythm because magi- comedy magicians, I feel like they get a laugh maybe every two to three minutes. Okay, Ooh. and every it's com- a long time. It's a to long go. Yeah, for time. Comic, you're like sweating up there. With <laughs> yeah, them. it's really bombing. too long. They get they get have a minute or two minutes of just like not laughter, and they're still a comedy magician. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, it's got to be every ten to twenty seconds, like a like a comedian. Yeah. So figuring out how can because there are parts of a trick where I have to just explain process. Where I'm like, this is what you're going to. 
do or right. like and how can you make those elements funny and okay. so it's figuring out ways to literally make every part of a trick funny and so it's it's taken years when you uh, so you just told us you're bo- booking tickets for yourself to go on tour. How, yeah. How much of that is actual? Uh, how much of it is magic, or are you just touring doing stand up? So this tour is. I, so I have this my baby, which is what just happened, which is an 80 minute comedy and magic show. Um, it's oh. the same rhythm as stand up, but it's tricks, all of them original and stuff that ah, I've come up with. Love it. Yeah, and I've toured it already. Like I did it at the Sydney Opera House, and I've done it at the Kennedy Center. Nice. So I've done it at these like cool venues. But this is the first time that I'm going from like theater to theater to theater. So we're gonna start in Atlanta. Theater. We're gonna go to Los oh, Angeles. Big, That's so yeah, cool. big time. Yeah, they're not huge. They're not like massive theaters, yeah, but, but they're re- it's really fun. And it's nice to have the te- for the for a magic show in particular. It's nice to have theater tech where we have a follow spot and. You know, it's a, it feels like a show show. Do you have, so? Do you bring anyone with you? Like, what? How does that work? I mean, like, you know, like, do you have an opener and a middleer, and then it's you, or is it just you? Right now, it's been just me. I mean, I think the goal because has been eighty minutes. You can't really have it's eighty minutes, which is enough for to cover like the length of a show. And yeah. sometimes it's longer, like because it's there's audience interaction. So if something is going Got it. really funny and really well yeah. with an audience member, that show can be eighty five or ninety, depending on what what right. I'm getting out of the audience at the time. Um, but eventually it would be nice to be able to afford to bring an opener. Yeah. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah. Oh my That's God. Awesome. I'm dying. I'm dying to see some of your tricks, but I guess it is super awkward for you to literally hold the microphone. And right. Try and I could try something. to do it if I can find, I have a mic stand buried in a closet. It would take a second, oh my but God, maybe towards the end we can typewriter. like. Oh yeah. I want one so bad. I just remember. I found that one on the street did <laughs> and you? did not get bed bugs. So it's a miracle. <laughs> This typewriter does not have bed bugs. I like le- I like sprayed it with every chemical I had in my right? apartment, whether it kills bed bugs or not. And I was like, I hope this doesn't cause. Does anything. it work? It does. I fixed it, uh, so it is a functional typewriter. And Use it's it. The- I've used it once. It's very loud. They're so loud. <laughs> yeah, They're and it needs so a new loud. ribbon. Um, yeah, it, you have to hit it really hard just to get an impression. But it's the same exact model that Hemingway wrote, "Old Man in the Sea" on. It's a travel typewriter. So normally it comes in like a leather case. But when I got it, the leather case was so beat up, I just unclipped. You actually clip it in and out of it. Oh, so you could, yep. if you were traveling around on a boat, I guess, you could t- pick this thing up by its handle. <laughs> so that's amazing. that's considered a portable typewriter, even though that thing is pretty big uh-huh. and heavy. I'm Yeah, any sorry. That was tangent. But I'm that's like okay. in love with typewriters it, it, for some yeah. reason. Have you ever actually used one, though? I, I used mean, When I was a kid, like I had the oh. little ones and I'd be like, I just loved it. Oh, it's so fun. The feeling of pressing it and then shoving the thing to the side and then doing another line and shut. Oh, that little that bell anger. when it dings? Yeah. Oh, Ding. it's great. <laughs> it feels so when accomplished. You, yeah. In Dubai, you The only you thing is when you mess up, you're like, God damn it. Now what? <laughs> you're like white taking out, white out. White and out. And you're like trying to perfectly line it up. And then now it's like a little bit lower than the last line. And it's almost, but whatever. I love typewriters. Okay. Oh no, it's great. I feel like I need to smoke cigarettes when I do it. Like, I don't smoke cigarettes, but like I need <laughs> to be in like a white Peter shirt accent. and have like a pencil thin mustache <laughs> yeah. and smoke cigarettes. I'm like, all right, I'm going to work on these yeah, jokes. See? Say now. Okay. How did you get into stand up then? So from... I was in, so I was at uh, undergrad in college and Harvard. Um, Uh, Harvard? There's no good way to say it. Harvard or Hartford? Okay. Harvard. Yeah. Harvard. Yeah. It's that that's the weirdest thing. You mean Harvard, you see? You can either say it and they're like, you're an you can be like, I went to Harvard and they're like, you're an asshole. Or you can be like, I went to a private school in Boston, and then eventually they find out it's Harvard, and then they're like, you're even more of an asshole. So either way, it's an you're an asshole. Uh, 
Let, what did you What did you get accepted for? I mean, what was What were you planning on studying there? I had Just, no plan, so oh, I was like, I'm no going to take a bunch of classes and see what's the most fun and interesting. Okay. And I took a psych 101 class with Ooh. a guy who, like, now he does insurance commercials. He's uh, Dan Gilbert. He's this incredible, like, psych writer and, oh. and researcher. Ah. Um, but now, like, I see him on, he somehow became a spokesperson. Wow. I get, he's very good at presenting. He was one of the best lecturers I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Um, and, con- and basically convinced me to be a psych major. I was like, this is what I, I have to do this. Like, oh, this is incredible. I do love psychology myself. It's me too, super yeah. fascinating. Oh, it's amazing. And he was the, it was the trickiest multiple choice. Like normally you'd have like A, B, C, and D, yeah. but he would have A, B, and then C would be uh, neither, and D would be both. So like you had oh. to know the answer. Oh <laughs> there was no gosh. guessing on those. It was really hard. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you went wow. to Harvard, and you were in undergrad, and you were like, I'm going to be a psych major, but then how did you get into stand-up? So I was do- I when I came into Boston, um, because of Magic Camp, I knew some camp counselors who were based in, uh, in Boston, and they were like, every Tuesday we do a show called The Mystery Lounge, uh, which is in Harvard Square. So... I mean, a two-minute walk from my dorm. Okay. It was the third floor of a Chinese restaurant. Okay. And, like, every Tuesday becomes the Mystery Lounge, and you're more than welcome to hang out and sort of apprentice. So for, like, the first year or two, I just dragged everybody's stuff up because it's three flights of stairs. Is so it, I would drag the all their heavy magic the stuff. Club? It was the comedy studio. Okay. I think I've been there. It's amazing. They just moved to Somerville like last year. Yeah. Maybe it's been two years already. But yeah, that that was the that's where I started stand up. So it has a huge place in my heart. Aww. But on the other nights it was a comedy club and the guy who runs it, who like if you're just a beginning comic, it's very hard to just meet like the the owner of this like institution. Yeah. But I was the only buddy. It was just a bunch of magicians and me. So I got Rick's ear. I would be like, hey, what how do I do this? What do I do? What yeah. So I started becoming really fascinated with stand-up. Okay. And then I was in, uh, I got rejected from like every club that I applied for the (laughs) first year. I was like, because I was the president of the yearbook and the president of the newspaper. So I thought, oh, this will be great. But everybody at Harvard is the president of the yearbook and the newspaper (laughs) and the valedictorian. (laughs) So all of a sudden it was very competitive. Yeah, true. Uh, Because they, you know, I think they, they said when you, they give you like an orientation meeting and they're like, just so you know, like... I think they think two thirds of Harvard students believe they're going to be in the top third of the class. That's so. Funny. And they're like, mathematically, you guys all know that that is impossible. Wow, so yeah. at least half of you will be very disappointed. Oh my gosh! So I applied for all these things. I was getting re- re- rejected from like acapella groups and all this oh. random stuff. <laughs> oh my uh, god! So I was. You were perfectly being set up for comedy rejection. <laughs> yes. It was perfect. And then this, <laughs> the Jewish fraternity AEPI was like, "We'll take you." Ah. And I was like, "All right." I finally somebody said yes. So all of a sudden, I was in AEPI. <laughs> Which, by the way, ended up being pretty lucky because that was the Facebook fraternity. So Mark Zuckerberg was a member. Oh, wow. All oh, these God. Facebook things oh, came gosh, out of it. So, so it ended up being like in a movie. And AEPI was pretty famous. Um, but the one frat brother happened to be part of Demon Magazine, which is like a humor magazine. And he's oh. like, do you want to do like, you're funny. Like, do you want to do magic in our comedy show? And I was like, why don't I, can I do stand up? Like, is it okay, okay if I try? Yeah. And that was the first time I ever did stand up. Wow. Was Good on for an you. actual real show? Yeah. I mean, it was students for students. So it was, it was oh, okay. a little bit less pressure. But yeah, it was a lot of students and like so all of my friends. Did you do a full set, like five minutes? I did like 10 minutes of stand up or maybe five, <laughs> between five and 10 minutes of stand up. And then I, did, I closed with a magic trick. Oh nice. my god! Yeah. Oh, and is that how you got started with doing that? You're like a little bit of stand up, and then I close with a trick, and that's my well, thing. That summer, everyone was getting internships, and I was like, I kind of still want a lifeguard because I would love. I was like lifeguarding at this day camp, and I was like, this is so fun. 
And then everybody was applying for internships. So I was like, I'll just apply to fun internships. And if I get one, I'll take it. Yeah. So I got Mad Magazine, which was my number one. Ooh. And I was like, oh, this is. That's amazing. It was the it was comedy boot camp. It was literally. Wow. You show up at the office, which was insane. Like the, the, everybody was just very fun. And you would show up at a meeting. People would be duct taping their faces. <laughs> and like, as zany as you. Like that yeah. Simpsons, old Simpsons episode where he, he <laughs> yeah. visits Mad Magazine's offices. Yeah. Like basically that. <laughs> yeah. And they would be over your shoulder kind of being like, oh, that's funny. That's not funny. That uh-huh. do work on this. And so they were slowly yeah, training really you how to wow. be a comedy writer wow. with some people have been doing it for 30 years. You know, yeah. the best, com- some of the best comedy writers in, in the country. That's really, that's awesome. How much do you write? I'm going to segue right to that. How often do you write? I try to write every day something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working on a TV thing. So some of, some of the days have been non standup where I'm just like writing the show Bible or writing, working uh, on the pilot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, if, if I go a few days without writing, I would usually carve out like a whole afternoon or like going my roof or like I try to, it's hard for me to write in my apartment because there's so many distractions. Uh-huh, that's yeah. yeah, me too. So I give myself like, we'll go to the coffee shop and you can eat a croissant and enjoy. Yeah. So it always becomes like a, a fun thing. Right. And so that's, I, I mean, you bribe have, myself into write. You always have new material. Like every time I see you on stage, you have, you are doing new stuff. I mean, maybe I, I don't see you all the time. So I'm sure that isn't how it is that you get on stage every night and have brand new material. But, it seems like you write a lot. I try. I mean, it's funny because some people will see me, you know, months apart and it doesn't seem that there's that, like there might be the beginning and the end are stuff that I know works and the middle will be trying stuff. Uh-huh. And if that new stuff doesn't work, then the next night it's a different thing. Uh-huh. And the next night it's a different thing. So Got I'm it. trying a lot of new material, but if they see it, they're only like, oh, he only does one di- one new joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I always feel like if I'm going to go up on stage as much as I do, the best way to get. The, the, the way to get anything out of it is to always have new stuff that you're trying. If I'm just doing the yeah. same jokes over and over again, I'm just going to end up really bored with the material that right. I'm running to death. Right, right, So that right. keeps it exciting for me. Do you, um, when you write, like for stand-up specifically, do you have like idea or do you write word for word verbatim or do you kind of just like riff on stage? All of the above. All of it. But I try to come up with a really solid like sort of premise and then I, I think every good joke has a twist in it. There's always yeah. like a surprise. So if I know what that surprise is going in, that's, very helpful. I'm 95% of the way there. Okay. Um, but I go on stage with sort of like the raw clay of it and I talk it out loud. And then the audience usually will sort of point me in the direction of like, this is the best part of the joke. Okay. And that's, and once I start really establishing the shape of it, uh-huh. like with my lightning joke, once I figured out that it was going to be every lightning strike, I can uh-huh. sit at my computer and come up with 20 different things to say for each one oh. and then really be scientific about it. Like what is the funniest four or five? Okay. So there, I don't want to waste my time and write out four pages of jokes and then find out the audience doesn't even care about the topic. Okay. So I start out by just throwing stuff out there and be like, okay, this is an interesting road to go down. Let's go. Let's and then gradually find it again and again and again and again. Where where did you grow up? Grew up in Long Island. Okay, you grew up in Long Island, and then at what point in college were you like, this is for me? I'm going to do this full time. I'm going to be a comic. I'm going to be a performer. Well, after by sophomore or junior year, so I, I was doing the Mad Magazine thing, and I realized one of the things I should try is like actual stand up. So I was like barking for stage time. So I would stand up for two two hours on a street uh-huh. corner to get my five minutes of stage very time. Fun. Yeah, in the you know you do it in the rain, and yeah. it like feels yeah. very like uh, like a country music song. <laughs> um, like Pat and Oswald talking about the angry magician. There's like the sad comedian just like <laughs> ha- ha- handing out flyers. Um, and then I, I also was stupid enough to think that they're like, oh, you can go last. I was like, I'm the headliner. Like, no, it's the sh- <laughs> you're going up at like one o'clock in the morning. Half the audience has left. They're giving right. you the worst spot for sure. <laughs> well, I'm walking around. You didn't headline. Exactly. That's right? true. I, I was headline. I was closing shit down. <laughs> so I was doing stand up by the end of freshman year, like really doing it. And, and I 
realized Demon, which was the that show that I got to do, was only once a year. Mm. And I was like, I really want to get up more than that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the comedy studio will let me up, but not super often. There's a million actual professional comics who would right. like to work that club. So I started a stand-up club on campus called the Harvard College Stand-Up Comic Society. So it was Harvard nice. College Sucks was the acronym. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I they that that allowed me to really produce I'm a ton make of shows. My own club, bitches. Fuck well, you that was guys. the whole thing. You're gonna reject me? Then fine. <laughs> like, I'm a Harvard student. I know how to fix this. Here's my own comedy club. <laughs> yeah, like I was super resentful with the Harvard Lampoon because that was when you people think of like Harvard comedy. The Harvard Lampoon was like that's how you get on The Simpsons or like yeah. Conan O'Brien or SNL. Like those were all people coming out of mm-hmm. the lampoon um so it was like that you know in college our whole slogan was like we're like the lampoon but funny and inclusive <laughs> um because there was like a weird thing where people like didn't like the magazine it was like almost too like it was it was very out there for the community the campus um plus it was very hard to get in they, they literally have a castle on campus that you're only allowed to see if you're a member so they were locked away in a castle releasing this magazine once a semester. Uh. And so we were out on campus, like hitting it hard, doing like 50 shows a year. Yeah. Just wow. bringing stand up to the to the yeah. students. Um, so it was cool to kind of shake up the scene. Oh. I was part of, I, I guess, sort of a renaissance in the sense yeah, that we had the, the stand up thing. And then I also was one of the founding members of uh, on Harvard time, which was uh, like basically the daily show. Oh. So when YouTube was still like exciting where people were like, you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Like what? <laughs> we had like our own little TV studio. So we were producing that. Um, and by the time it graduated, they had this thing called LMAO, which was like uh, every, every year when you, you got into Harvard, but you got to go in early and check out the campus. It's called Prefrosh uh-huh. and Prefrosh weekend Sanders theater, which is the biggest theater. It's like over a thousand seats. It would can be completely sold out for this pre-frosh acapella show where every acapella group would do like two or three songs. So that was like the big jam. Oh my the gosh. Acapella group I you love oh yeah. acapella. Rejected from. <laughs> yeah. So they would have this big pre-frosh show. Over a thousand kids would come and it would be like a rock concert. Like people would be like losing their minds oh over these gosh. things. It was the nerdiest thing. And so I always had this dream like one is if we could have it but for all the comedy groups. <laughs> Will that attract an audience? And yeah. so by the time I graduated they had LMAO and that was the stand-up group hosted it on Harvard time. Sometimes would actually, no, on Harvard time would host it. And then the stand-ups would do spots throughout it. And there was like an improv set cool. from one of the improv groups. And it was just, it's just as popular, I th- at least as far as I know, as the acapella group stuff, oh. which is awesome. Is yeah. it still, um, yeah. mm. is it still like going on over at Harvard? HC think? sucks. is still going strong. I did the wow. 10th anniversary show. I was going to say they should have you back. Oh yeah. I, I donated a spot. They needed a spotlight. Cause they want, that's the big thing in the, these like classrooms that they're performing in is <laughs> you can shut all the lights off and just, you know, bring <laughs> yeah. in that spotlight. And so they were renting it and they're like, we're trying to raise money for it. I'm like, I'll just buy it for you. Like, that'd be a nice thing. Aww. So I sent it to them and it is now branded the Harrison Greenbaum Memorial Spotlight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've got a fucking spotlight at Harvard. Yeah. So there's already a memorial. I'm still alive. And, I love it. Yeah. Oh I was very God. proud of the kids. I was like, I would have done the same exact thing. That was, <laughs> that's, that's exactly the right way to do it. Totally Thank funny. you for the donation. It is now the memorial spotlight. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. I love it. That's okay, so we need to get to our questions. Oh, yeah. We only have 10 minutes. Okay. Oh, gosh. What are some of the things you find difficult in life? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I think stand-up is, for, for somebody like me, where I'm, I, my whole life was all about being like, trying to be valedictorian of high school and then trying to do well at Harvard and like all that stuff. It's all very much like merit based of like do uh, getting those grades and being sort of results focused. Yeah. yeah. And stand up is not a meritocracy. No. Um, stand up is and entertainment in general is not. Um, mm-hmm. So it's being cool with like 
realize it's not about trying. There's no A plus. Nobody, nobody will ever give you a report card for stand up yeah. and be like, you aced the test. Yeah. Um, so just being really content with like the stuff that I can control, which is like putting out really funny stuff mm-hmm. and being consistently funny and being mm-hmm. a professional. And like, mm-hmm. I'm finally coming out with my first album this year. Like we're going to tape that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I'm excited about that. Um, and touring this show that I've been working on for over 10 years. So like just being proud of the work that I'm doing. And like, it's, that's been the struggle is, not not connecting success with like sort of the tangible things where like there's no yeah there's no like grading body for stand up it's more like the journey right like yeah. instead of the, like the end point even 100% there, even if there is a like let's say you do get an a plus in something in show business i feel like the next day it still someone, means nothing it yeah it's nothing the next day someone else is going to be like but you suck and you have no talent and you're oh, like yeah. i got an a plus Yesterday, I, yeah. I, I did great. They all loved me. No one loves you today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember I in the same week, I like, My America's Got Talent aired, which is like 20 million people, social media exploding. And then the next day, doing a show for like two people. Yeah. Like, and you're like, there's no connection between any of these things. Oh no. And you still have to do those shows for the two people so that you can still work out so that if you get something like that, you can be in good enough shape performance wise to be able to do it. Yeah. You know? And stand up is really humbling in like the best way. Like, seeing yeah. all the greats who still have to get into a basement and make sure their shit's funny. Like that's, yeah. that's one of the things I love about standup is it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a legend, like Chris Rock still has to work out his joke uh-huh. one line at yep. a time. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It's a very cool medium. I do love it. Okay. What's your biggest fear and why? My biggest fear. I mean, death probably. Ooh, um, okay. Oh, you yeah. would be surprised. Most, I think only one other person yeah. has ever said that. Really? Say that, yeah. yeah. I everyone, feel like that's the big one. Everyone gives completely different answers. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's always something random. Death is only, I think you're only Way the second one, person. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I was just at a yeah. funeral on Sunday, so maybe it's like top oh, of mind. But like you go to that and you're just like, man, it, it really is final. Was it an open casket? It was a Jewish one, thank God. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The open, I, the open casket freaks me out. Me I'm too. so glad I'm Jewish and then I'm just going to be in like a boring mm. box. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I always what I find fascinating about the open casket is I it truly is um just a dead body. It's like nothing. You know, a person's like yeah. completely gone. Know, it's not, it's not the last image I want. I don't I feel I don't, like, don't want to see them dead. It's, I don't yeah. like you don't need dead. to picture me alive the yeah. whole time. It always makes me feel better though because I know that there's no suffering. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no suffering. It's just a shell. Like there's no <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, it's like I wouldn't want I, there, I mean, I guess I wouldn't want all of my friends and family to just see me sleeping. <laughs> so it feels like that's even worse. Yeah, that's why you have to tell um, someone very soon into if you might be demising soon that you do not want an open casket. Like yeah. it has to be written down somewhere. One would have like, a Jewish one, so that one is like oh, plain, everyone, everyone. plain box sealed up. You don't you don't even get buried in like a suit. It's like a shroud. It's like supposed to be very simple. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but the thing about the funeral that was great was that he was like a very he was known for his like sense of humor, Aww. and so like people had to wear weird weird hats when they gave his eulogy that. and stuff. Yeah, I love so that, that was like as it was much a as celebration. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I I hope that I hope it's not for a very long time. But if I do, my funeral will be like fun. Yes, <laughs> the, the fun, fun in funeral, as they yeah. say. <laughs> like there would be people who'd be willing to do something silly. Like I love that. Do you know Jr? You know Jr. from the comic strip. Yeah. Uh, he is he dead? No. no. Kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> what? His funeral he, was so fun. No. They're dropping like flies. He'd be like dead on the inside, Harrison. That's what he would say. But no, he always had this thing about he he wanted to make a show called Pimp My Hearse. Instead of my ride, pimp my hearse. <laughs> so that you get paid or whatever to have someone make your yeah. purse. 
you know, all pimped out. Anyway. That'd be cool. All right. So you're afraid of being dead. That's not so yeah, crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, time is 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 a, is the worst part. Like, that's, I feel like every time I have a birthday, because I just had mine, um, and you're just like, did I accomplish everything that I wanted to in this time? You always feel like you're, there's never enough time. You're never going to accomplish everything that you want. Yeah. And then you see some, like, 21-year-old kid do something amazing. You're like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. He beat me to it. Yeah, this guy beat me, and he's... <laughs> 12 years younger? Ah, uh, <laughs> shit. So I I just want to put a pin in the questions for one second and say, are you one of those people that doesn't sleep a lot? Because you get a fucking lot done. Are you like I a four hours a night kind of person? I need a lot of sleep. I just oh. don't get it. Oh. I definitely am like one of those people that can sleep for like 10 hours and be oh, like okay. out. But oh. yeah, I, I definitely... Especially because there's all that adrenaline after a show. That's when my brain, I think, is functioning best. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of, like, do a couple of shows and then come home and then work till, like, five, five or, you know, till the sun comes up. Oh, so my gosh. like, six wow. hours, six, seven hours? Yeah, I try to get at least six or seven. Oh, okay. I do these Oprah Deepak meditations, and she always talks, and then Deepak talks. And she, she said in one of them, she was like, I know that if I don't get at least five and a half hours of sleep, I will not be okay the next day. And I was like, what do you mean at least? Yeah, five and a half sleep is minimal. That's yeah. your like, that's like the most, what? Are you sleeping on normally one or two? Oh my God. I just was like, I need eight. Oprah is powerful. Yeah, eight is, eight, eight is solid. Eight's like my minimum. Like I'm okay on eight. Like nine to 10, I know it sounds ridiculous, but nine to 10, I'm at my best. Eight, I'm just, I don't know. Like, it's like my brain has, it's like, you know, when like something's loading, like a download and it's like yeah. almost there and it just doesn't reach. And then I'm going to just malfunction the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, just, naps are key. <laughs> like I used to be a great napper, especially in college, but like. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm pop- picturing on Carl popping pills and being like, I need eight hours, 10 <laughs> hours of sleep. <laughs> I just need to wear off. I like to picture her that you start to talk and then just like that beach ball appears <laughs> over your face and just rotating. You're like, are you okay? And you're just like waiting and waiting as it spins around. Yeah, I only got eight hours of sleep last night. Sorry. Error, error. Yeah, you're error. like, oh no. just. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> last question. Have you conquered any fears? I tr- that's I try to do that as much as possible. Um, oh. Like we, I, I'm a big fa- fan of like I think we're I've never gone skydiving, so I think next month I'm going to be going skydiving. Ooh, wow. So I know I'll be scared shitless like in the plane. <laughs> but like I remember being in Las Vegas. It was my first time as an adult in Vegas was like last year basically. I went when I was 14, and then I hadn't <laughs> been, and now I've been there I think four or five times this year alone. So it's been a very wow. it's been a, a steep a steep <laughs> climb from zero to yeah. all the time. <laughs> Um, but as soon as I landed in Vegas, I saw the stratosphere and I looked it up and you could like jump off of it. So it's like a kind of a modified bungee jumping thing. Wow. And I was like, I have two hours. I should totally do this. You did it? And so I literally just on a whim, I called them like, are you guys open? And they're like, yeah, nobody's around. Come by. And so like I, land, I dropped my bags in my room. I went alone to this thing, jumped oh off the tower gosh. and then back to the hotel. Good so I love you. doing stuff like that. That's awesome. I think I'm more afraid of that than dying. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is fucking badass. I love that stuff. I love trying to uh, any any adrenaline junkie kind ah, of thing. Yeah, oh, I see. I see. I do like to do adrenaline stuff, but I like to really know that it's gonna happen. I'm like a grandmother about it. Like, okay, I'll do it, <laughs> but I'm gonna plan ahead, prepare myself emotionally. To Wear a just helmet. Like, do you? So they strapped a thing to your ankle and you jumped off. Oh no, that one. It's like a. It's your back. And you you jump down. Oh, that I you don't bounce, which I actually was hoping that it would be the. But there's you definitely have free fall for a while, which is great. 
Oh, I'm more comfortable with it being attached to the back, actually. That sounds better. Oh, yeah. You, you're kind of soaring down, which is nice. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Good for you. So well, yeah. when you like, when you hit the like the tense part, right? Like when you hit the bottom of the string or whatever, the bungee, where did you feel? Because most people feel it in their feet, right? If they jump off. So like, this was a weird system it where body? it starts to break you. Like it, you're on two, you're on two lines. And it, so it slows you down as you get to the bottom. Oh. So you, it's actually very smooth. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's the modified part of it. You're there's like, there's I'm no a like bird. bouncy part. I'm a bird. Yeah, and I'm going to land. <laughs> hey, I've done hand gliding. That's fun. Oh. Ooh, that, that was is amazing. Fun. And paragliding. Oh. I did Ooh. paragliding. I did do that. Yeah. That's fun. We it were supposed fun. to. Like, my, I have a travel show, the recalculating show. Um, and okay. every, the idea is we do a weird activity in each one. Okay. And so it kept, there kept being sort of, some of them are easy. Like, we, we cooked with old people in Portugal, like these grandmas. <laughs> And they're Aww. the best, and the food was delicious, and they're adorable. So nothing scary about that. Yeah. Um. But we wanted to do as many like adrenaline or crazy things. Like <laughs> I rappelled down a cave in the middle of the night in Slovenia, oh which was far God. more terrifying no. than jumping off of a building in Vegas. Yeah, no. Because there was just one knot on me, and they're like, "Jump to your potential death." <laughs> oh my God. Where no one can hear you scream because we're luck. here's a wow. flashlight. Yeah. It was uh, the helmet, the light oh. helmet. So oh my yeah. Gosh. There wow. was very little light. And they're like, we're just going to go through a boat underground in the darkness. Okay. You are living your life, yeah. Harrison. Yeah. Are you the oldest or the youngest? Middle? Oldest. So I'm 17 months apart from my sister. So we're like Irish twins. Oh, yeah. Oh. My sisters are like that. Mm. Are you the oldest? I'm the youngest by 15 years. And they're 15 months apart. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So I've got bullies in You were the family. surprise. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was the big surprise. 15 years later is like a huge surprise. Like, yeah. They were like, oh, not. we thought we were done with yeah, this. No, they yeah. were like, we're ready to move on from this whole family thing. They're like, wait, one more. <laughs> one more for another 30 Dude, years. That phone call was actually your parents. They <laughs> yeah. have something to tell you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh You're about to be a big one. sister. Oh, again. Wow, <laughs> mom, it's seven. 85, congrats. The a miracle. Yeah. We thought you were the miracle, honey. <laughs> no, your new sister is. Okay, so now we do the sketch portion. Oh, perfect. Do you want to um, pause up. it? Yeah, I'll pause. So. <laughs> okay, um, so, so Harrison, we're back, and <laughs> he's going to do a magic trick for yes. you guys. So I'm currently straddling a microphone stand. Yes. Do you call yourself anything when you're on stage? Oh, no, I'm just, it's just Harrison, me. you're yeah. just normal. Okay, yeah. you're just normal. Actually, it's funny because, um, so I've been doing Monday Night Magic, which I started out as like a kid going to the show when I was like 10 or 12, and I've gone full circle to headliner. So it that wow. so I've been doing my stage act there for a long time. But I started out when I was a kid as like doing close up magic. Um, and then somebody who works at Monday Magic, one of the producers, Todd Robbins, started a close up show called Speakeasy Magic, um, which is worth the plug because it's an awesome show. Yeah. And so I had to develop like my own close up set <laughs> um, that's separate from my stage act. Um, okay. And all those are very visual, so they will not work in a podcast medium. Okay. So I will do a uh, a trick that should hopefully translate over the podcast. Okay. Yeah. You're just going to have to trust the co-host that what, yeah. what we're all saying is actually <laughs> happening. They'll see it in I their heads. So Thank you for ears. doing that. Yeah. So I, I figured because we're doing it on a podcast, it would make sense for it to be like audio. Um, so I'm going to have you count things. Okay. Um, so if Perfect. you put your hand out like this, okay. uh, I have a deck of cards in my hand. I'm handing it uh, to you. There yes. you go. Uh, Got it. Actually, well, you know what? You might have to. Why don't if you don't mind holding my hand? Uh, no, holding her microphone for her. This way, okay. she has two hands for this. Oh, okay. Should it. I do? You, should Ankara's I explain mic, everything I'm seeing? Ankara's my mic stand. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. All right, this is great. Um, so I will show the cards. By the way, they're all different. 
Okay. On this side, on the and okay. then all the same on this side. That's what makes it Got a it. normal deck of playing cards. Yeah. Um, Real? I got a good eye too. Yeah. I can see it. Doesn't matter. Cards. Doesn't okay. matter if they're cards or not. This is more about the what what they are. Um, so put your hand out. Yep. Perfect. Nice and flat. I'll put that on there. Perfect. Okay. If you do me a favor, take the top card. Yep. Turn it face down. Face down on and top then, of it. And then just turn it over like that yep. and then stick it on the bottom. Got it. So that's it. one. And just yep. keep counting them out loud so everybody can hear how many okay. you have. Two. Perfect. Three. Four. Five. Great six, job. This is compelling podcasting. Seven. <laughs> counting the deck eight, of cards that uh, Harrison nine, put on her. Ten. Um, and I don't want to go anywhere near it, so just put your hands on top of it. Okay. okay. Cool. Ten. So I, I'm, you're on the other side of the table. I okay. handed you a stack of cards. You counted them. Ten. Yep. yep. Fair? Okay. So yep. I'm going to count for myself. One, two, three. So I have three. Mm-hmm. You have ten. Um, this is going to be the visual part, so they're going to okay. have to believe you here. But yeah, I just yeah. took one card, and that legitimately vanished. That leaves me with yeah. two. Oh, my God. Oh. The card went away. Uh, the second one looks like that. That leaves me <laughs> with just one. Oh! That's oh the God. four of hearts. He doesn't even have long sleeves on. <laughs> I'm not wearing anything. No, no. <laughs> like they can match it. Um, My so this favorite is, kind. All right. Where do those doves come from? Um, so here's the four of hearts. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll just put that on the table like that. And it dissolves away. <laughs> it's really gone. It's not on the top. Um, so I just made three cards vanish. You count it into the microphone after I hand you the cards. There were how many? I had 10 cards. Right. So count them face down one at a time right here. Okay. Uh, now I flip them over. Oh, right? no. Face down. It doesn't face matter. Face down. One, the number is what's important. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Exactly three more. And oh also the, the last card to vanish. What? The four of hearts. Here, take them back. Take them back. Okay. Take them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them back. Cool. And uh, Ankara, name a number between uh, one and 10. Just name, name any seven. number. Sorry? Seven. Okay. Um, check this out. You had how many cards? 13. 13. Watch this. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you uh, counted them. There were 10. You recounted yeah. them again without me going anywhere near them. And there were 13. You said seven. Seven. Um, count those out face down. Or, or just, it doesn't matter which way oh you put God, them, but no. count them out one at a time out loud into the microphone so everybody one, can play two, along. Three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Stop here for a second. 14. So take the 13, put those down. Yeah. Well, I think that was 14. Yeah, it was 14. Uh, so take the th- leave the 13 on the table. Okay. You still have cards left, right? Yep. So you had 13, but now all of a sudden there's... And you said how many? Seven. Count one, how many do you have two, left? Three, four, five, six, seven. What? Exactly seven more. That's wow. crazy. Okay, that was magical to me. Did you feel the deck get thicker at any point? Unfortunately, no, I Damn. didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of subtext. Like, did you feel it get bigger in your hand? And you're like, all right. You These cards grow? aren't attracted to me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That was so fun. Oh, Thanks, thank you. Oh, okay. That was yeah. awesome. I'm... That was impressive. Totally impressive. Okay, let's press pause so we can do the sketch. I'm going to have nightmares about that tonight because I'm going <laughs> to try and figure out how the fuck that Do you ever happened. do that with money with people? I wish. <laughs> I learned the few, there's a trick where you can turn a dollar bill into a hundred. And then the problem with that was always, if I was a real wizard, I would just stop there and give you the hundred. <laughs> yeah. But no magician would ever do that because they don't want to lose $99 every time they yeah, do the trick. Right? So I was, one of the, I was always like, I would borrow the hundred and turn it into a dollar and then be like, I now I'm done <laughs> and make them ask me to do it one more time. So that always felt a little bit more oh, reasonable. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So should we press pause? Yeah. Pausing. Okay. Let's record again. We're recording. Ooh. I was just saying hello Hi. to our Facebook people. Hi guys. Hi. 
Hello. It took me four hours to do my hair today. It looks really ah. good. I hope I'm glad I didn't spend much time because right now I have no hair in this. I'll get <laughs> yeah. down. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no, it's, it's all gonna, good. Okay. We're gonna have to scrunch. I'm just getting used to when I inevitably will have to shave this all off. <laughs> Harrison Greenbaum, everybody. Harrison Greenbaum. Okay. So I wrote the sketch this week. Why don't you guys move over this way and Shauna Ooh. too? Perfect. Oh, oh, oh god. Hi, Brent. Oh, is that your friend? No, I don't know who Brent is. I'm just saying hello. Hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. Okay. Uh, I wrote this Shauna sketch wrote this week. Sketch. And let's go. Uh, Magic Castle Theater, interior evening. Welcome to the incredible Magic Castle Showroom's live theater festival of lights and wonder. Yay! When does the show start? Oh, my God. I love your cape. That's so... Meta. The show has already started. I am your host and magician, Marvin the Magnificent. But we're the only two here. Is your first trick going to be making the audience appear? <laughs> oh, <laughs> nope. This is your special private show. You won it from WKOKQ Radio in downtown beautiful Wyoming. Oh, I didn't realize it was a private show. Cool, I guess. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm such a lucky person. Cool shit happens to me all the time. Well, buckle the fuck up because you are about to get even luckier. This is a powerful and fierce magic show. I am Marvin the Magnificent and I will change how you see the entire world. I just have to run to the, the bathroom real quick. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't you to say it like that. Okay. Wash your hands. My immune system was compromised. Girl, that's rude. I always wash my hands. It's not rude. If he wants me to pick a card, I need it to be a clean card. All the cards are cleaned daily with hypoallergenic soap and processed under magical healing lights. Great. I appreciate that. I'm starving. Is there a menu here? Yes, we have magical, delightful food here. I will take your order when I get back from the little magician's room. Oh. That's the bathroom in Magician. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Is, isn't there a waitress or like a waiter or whatever? Well, what's the most magical thing about this private show that is that I am your host, feature, headliner, waiter, cook, and manager. That is how magical I am. Okay. I, I have to go. B BRB. Okay. Oh, okay. This is so odd now. I mean, this is strange, right? No, it's a great idea. Like, seriously, I love private shows. They're like way more special, and we have Marvin all to ourselves. Okay, but he's also our waiter. I don't even understand that part. How is he going? How is it going to be? How is he going to be performing and getting our drinks? And stuff? He's magical. He'll figure it out. Okay, you don't have to get angry. I'm just saying it's peculiar. Can you just enjoy the free trip and free show with someone who is clearly very talented in a myriad of ways? Did you just say? Did you just say myriad? Yes, girl. Ugh. Damn, you are so sassy today. Okay, okay, okay. Let's just get loose. You're right. I'm ready to enjoy this experience. Yes, relax. Get into the magic. Okay, I am back. One more order of business before we get started. I have to go to Taiwan. Taiwan? Wait, is that like a, a back room or something? In Asia? You need to go to Asia? I know, it's it's crazy. This opportunity just dropped in my magical lap, so I'm going to have to Skype you into your private show. <laughs> where, where can I find you on Skype? Nobody Skypes anymore, and I'm here to see live magic. This is my special free trip, Marvin. Did you wash your hands? It doesn't matter. We aren't going to get to pick any cards. Marvin's going to Taiwan. I did wash my hands. 
I did, I swear, okay? <laughs> I'm going to have my people get in touch with your people, and we will figure it out. Here's two bunny tails for the road as a little magical gift. Bye. Smoke bomb. Do you think he do you, do you think he washed his hands? I don't know. I'm starving. Let's go to the comedy club we walked by. It looked fun. Sounds good. I love comedy. Boop, 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 boop. Interior comedy club. Great. Food is ordered. Drinks are on the way. And the headliner is about to go up. Yay. This worked out. This is so fun. And now for your headliner, Marvin the Magnificent. That motherfucker. Oh, my God. I guess by Taiwan, he meant two blocks away. At least we get to see him. Yay. I hope he washed his hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Bye, Facebook. Okay. Do you want to plug anything? Oh, so sure. Back to the podcast. Yes. Uh, uh, my tour is happening. Um, when, does, when does this come out? Uh, this week. All right, cool. So, yeah, I go on harrisongreenbump.com. I have all the tour schedules. Yeah. I'm in Atlanta on Saturday, 2 p.m. at the Earl as part of the Red Clay Comedy Festival. I'm at Dynasty Typewriter if you're on the West Coast. It's in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> that one would be a great one for you guys to check out. That's Wednesday at 8 p.m., a right. uh, week from Wednesday. And then, uh, yeah, I'm all the road. I'm in Boca, Ooh, Florida with the Jews. Boca. They're very nice. And I'm at the State Theater in Pennsylvania. And I'm at the New York Comedy Festival, November 5th, 10 p.m. Yeah! Yeah, I think you guys are too, right? Yes. New York Comedy Festival friends. Yes. Comedy Festival. So buy tickets to all of our shows. Yes. yes. Right. We got to make that big announcement. Yes, big announcement, guys. We got into New York Comedy Festival. The Gone Girls are coming to you live November 7th at 7 p.m. With Marina Franklin, Marina Franklin as our guest and Matt Richards and Casey Baljamar on the show. Go to NewYorkComedyClub.com November 7th. 7 p.m. Buy tickets. It's going to sell out super fast, so get them quick. Yes. And go see Harrison. Yeah, two days before that at 10 p.m. at the Comedy Cellar. Oh, perfect. It's the I think it's the first ever magic show the National Lampoon has ever oh presented. It's National so Lampoon excited. Presents. We should go. Harrison Greenbaum, yeah. what just happened? You got to come. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. great. We'll be there. 80 okay. minutes of magic in your face. Nice. In your face. In your face. Thank you, Harrison. Okay. You're thank fucking you, Harrison. awesome. Oh, thank, thank you, guys. You. Thank you so much. Bye, right. Goners. Bye, Goners. Gone Girls Podcast We interview the people we like And try to get to the bottom of life The Gone Girls Podcast The Gone Girls Podcast Show